0: Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future, part two. One celebratory, and yet in equal terms, foreshadowing, minute at a time. I'm Nick Amenez in the news.
1: I'm Scott Corelli, and joining us again is Crystal Beth. Welcome back. Hi, guys.
2: Thank you for having me again.
0: Thank you. Thank you for being back. And today we we are going back to minute number sixty-two. Where hey, I was right uh, where uh which begins yeah. with uh uh Marty uh levitating in midair like Aladdin and Yay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it ends with Marty getting some uh confusing news
1: uh yeah, I you know I really like that they didn't go with the flying gag because it's it would have been so easy to to do the flying gag where where Bivage is like, ooh, you're flying? What?" Uh and and they just they just no, no, no. Like you see his head his shoulders for a second and then you start to see the DeLorean and you put it together.
0: Yeah. Um, also, so one of the very rare gags in the movie that takes advantage of the fact that the time machine is a DeLorean.
1: Yeah. Right. When it's what dark. you're talking about is The only time in the entire Back to the Future trilogy that Doc and Biff interact in any way. And he's unconscious for most of it. Right. Wow. It's the only time. It's the only time. You know, now that I think
0: about it, the idea of Doc encountering an antagonist is actually a very weird concept to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, it, it's really interesting because Biff is Doc's uh, like main villain in the Back to the Future ride, which makes the ride really strange yeah. uh, because Biff is the, the whole plot of the ride is that Biff has stolen a DeLorean and you have to chase him through time to get it back.
0: There's a scene in uh, Furious 7, the second greatest movie of all time,
1: yeah. where
0: uh where <laughs> Uh, Fast Five is the first. I, where they're, like... Where they're doing... The, they're, like, planning um, how they're going to get Ramsey, this hacker character, from the custody of, like, the, the bad guys or whatever. And um, uh, Roman, uh, the character played by Tyrese, is, like, you know, doing the jokes. And Vin Diesel turns and he goes, Okay, Roman, what do you think we should do? And I froze because it hit me that in in this, the seventh movie... Vin Diesel has never spoken a word directly to Tyrese's character, and it was so weird. <laughs> wow, like, Roman, what should we do? I like, oh, 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 my god!
2: What? Yeah,
0: that's I mean, magical. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a magical moment. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, like I don't, I don't even imagine it. It sucks because they're both such great actors. Imagine what a Christopher Lloyd, Tom Wilson scene would have been like. Yeah, you
2: know? oh, that would be great. That would be. Ah, you know what? No. It would I want it to be great, but I think it would I don't think I'd like it very much.
1: Because well, one of them's
2: so mean and the other one's so silly and I just <laughs> I like them separate.
1: Well I'm gonna be able to to grant your wishes when I talk about the uh, the past scripts uh, later in the episode. Yes.
0: Oh um, yeah, the, the more scripts. I think about it, Doc really is a very pacifistic character. Like even mm-hmm. even when it comes to Biff, he, he almost he treats Biff very much like an obstacle. Not not like an enemy or someone to beat or destroy. It's like, well, we just have to we have to stop this from happening or else this will happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Like even uh, even Doc hitting him with the door is like kind of an uncharacteristically violent act from him.
2: Yeah. That was just to save Marty's life, though. That was not about aggression on
1: Biff. Mm -hmm. It was about making sure that Marty got in the car. okay. Yeah. It
0: was about it was about disarming the person.
1: Actually, I don't think that's true. I think it was to preserve the timeline because he can't have Biff seeing the flying DeLorean. Oh, so cuz that'll just cause more trouble. Out. Right. Yeah. He knocks him out or in he... the way that he sprays Jennifer with the with the knockout gas stuff. Heartlessly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Heartlessly, scientifically, logically. It's Neil Tyson's vision for America, for the world. Free. Of, <laughs> it's funny. Free of it's passion funny
1: it's funny that Doc played a Klingon because you would have thought that he would have played a Vulcan, but. Yeah, he
0: would be a great Vulcan. He'd be a great any,
1: any alien in Star Trek.
0: Romulan, which is basically a kind of spicy a Klingon Vulcan. <laughs> a spi- A
2: spicy. It's a Klingon Vulcan. It's the Havsies.
1: Yeah. A Romulan yeah, of the spicy Vulcan. Yeah. Um, not literally Havsies. We know this, Trekkers. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you correct us. We we know that Romulans aren't half Klingon. What? No.
2: They're not. <laughs> no, I think they are.
1: <laughs> Listen, when you're off the show, you're not going to have to deal with the backlash. Yeah.
0: You know what? We have actually <laughs> had very little, and again, like Scott and I credit this for multiple reasons, but uh, we we've, we have we have very little like um, like uh, nit, like mean kind of mean spirited nitpicky comments from people.
2: Oh, you can't, like, back to the future and be an asshole. That's
0: Yeah, true. we're very lucky. Like, if we were doing, like, a hangover podcast, it would be, like, a nightmare, you know? Oh, right. No, just just well, don't do well, that. Well, even,
1: even a <laughs> hangover
0: uh, minute. I don't think we've ever <laughs> talked about that
1: one. Even, uh, uh, that would be the most miserable experience. Um, Welcome to this
0: minute of the hangover minute and this minute, uh, Bradley Cooper. Still looking <laughs> for
1: the missing person. They're missing, uh, f- looking for Doug. He's, he's <laughs> on the roof. I don't know what they're doing. He's on the roof. Um, yeah, no, uh, even, even the Star Wars Minute guys had to deal with, with uh, assholes when they first started because Star Wars has that whole contingent of fandom who are EU supporters. Yeah. And so when they started and they were like really dismissive of the EU, the, Wait, EU, the EU.
0: Why did they? Oh. Extended
1: Universe. Oh, no. Don't, I was like don't.
0: I was like, what the shit were they talking about on Star Wars
1: Minute the other day? <laughs> yeah, they were talking about the SWEXIT.
2: I <laughs> um, can't believe that comment. <laughs> oh,
0: the swag's it. That's
1: amazing. The swag's it. That's um, what they're gonna
0: call. That's what they're gonna call it if like John Boyega ever leaves or something. Yes. <laughs>
1: uh, but but yeah. So they they had to deal with a lot of haters when they were first starting out because of all of those EU supporters who were like, "How dare you be dismissive of the best part of the Star Wars universe? It's not the movies. It's the Timothy Zahn novels. It's like um." No, it's really not Dash, the no. Rendar dash Rendar dash Rendar.
2: Those wouldn't mm. exist without the movies, so stop being crazy crazies. They barely
1: so, exist with the movies.
0: So, yeah. okay, so we know so, you know, pe- people are people, so like if something's really popular, it, it you know, the bigger the bigger the the bigger the sample size, the more likely you're going to see some people that aren't that cool. So, you know, like Star Wars is a big huge thing. It makes sense that some people that like Star Wars might be assholes. Yeah, you know, we've seen Ghostbusters fans be assholes. We've seen like any kind of any kind of big group of people, you're gonna have a couple of like jerks.
1: Right? Although i really you- I was really relieved to listen to Ghostbusters Minute and realize that they were not those guys and then ha- they talked about how excited they were for the Paul Feig Ghostbusters. Oh that's good.
0: Movie. That, that, so, that, that, yeah. That's kind of a make or break deal, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be hard to d- listen to a podcast run by like people that are like Mah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think it is about this franchise that attracts such Maybe because it is a very non-violent franchise. Like there's no it's, killing. It's because there's-
1: of how earnest it is, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a very earnest franchise and and you either you either are on board with how ridiculous it is and can be and how much heart it wears on its sleeve. Or you're too cool for school about it and then and then you're you're not interested.
2: Yeah. I agree with that.
0: Listen to your drive minute. Right, yeah. <laughs> that would drive. also be an excruciating that, movie to do minute by minute.
2: That just exhausted me and it doesn't even exist.
0: <laughs> and in this minute, uh Carrie Mulligan and uh, Brian Gosling <laughs> continue to stare at each other in an elevator.
1: Well at least at least oh, Oscar God. Isaac are in it. At least Oscar Isaac is in it. Yeah.
0: And it's better than only God forgives Minute It would be.
1: <laughs> oh. I watched
0: that the other day on Amazon because I was like, maybe I just wasn't in the right mood. And so I watched it again. I was like, no, this is bullshit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what about a there will be blood minute?
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> <laughs> I can I could get down for a boogie nights minute, though.
2: Oh, yeah, I, I could get down for that, too. I could boogie on down for it. That's
0: kind of, that, that would work for the same reason that, uh, that Goodfellas Minute works because it's such a, it's telling so much story.
1: Yeah. There's, like, there, there's, there's, uh, and there's a historical significance to it.
0: Oh, totally. Like you could do, like, here's what was actually happening in the 70s. Yeah. Right. In the porn industry. Yeah. In the porn industry. So I've, Scott and I did extensive research into 70s porn to prepare for this. Story. <laughs>
1: it's not coming soon that podcast isn't happening um okay so uh the line where marty says you're (laughs) not gonna believe this (laughs) you have to go back to 1955 and then doc says i don't believe it Uh, and then the delorean flies over the roof is for me personally the most iconic moment of this movie whenever i think of back to the future part two it's that exchange that I think of every single time. It's it is
0: the most Back to the Future thing to happen in this movie so far.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. It's it's also such a fun silly line. Yeah, I have it and written down, it, and I'm like, did Christopher Orley like saying that line? He looks like he loved it, but I can I feel like some actors would be like, no, I I'm not gonna say that. It's a silly line because he's like, yeah. you're not gonna believe this. He's like, I don't, I believe, don't it. believe it. <laughs> You're right, Marty. I don't.
0: <laughs> it's also such it. I, I, and it, for us, especially. But I bet if you're watching this movie like at home or at the movies, it, it's probably such a cathartic moment to, you know, the good guys have the upper hand again. They're back together. They knock the bad guy out and they're they They live to fight another day because yeah. it's just been, you know, no pun intended, but it's just been so heavy for the past like
1: half. Yeah. Or so. yeah. yeah. I mean, you can tell because the music kicks in you know mm-hmm. the theme kicks in right there yeah. it's, it's the it's a big heroic awesome moment um which is uh, really great <laughs> also kudos to the model people uh again i mean we talked about the modeling from last week but uh yeah kudos to the to the special effects team and the and, and the model people because when the delorean crosses the roof the way that the lighting changes on the DeLorean, like as it crosses the roof and the lighting changes, like it's really impressive. Oh, it's amazing.
0: I, I, this entire minute, you just have to take your hats off to the technical people involved.
2: Yeah. In this. Yeah. It's beautiful.
0: It, it hasn't it's aged really a day. Yeah.
2: God, isn't that crazy? That's why you know something is just so good that it looks exactly the same. That's like why I was actually talking about this and the difference between going back and watching Star Wars again now mm-hmm. and watching Flash Gordon again now, where Flash Gordon Gordon is so 70s and does everything like so super that was like really cool in the 70s as opposed to something that would hold up against time. This is a perfect example of what to do if you want something to last forever.
0: Yeah, yeah. I talked about this a few weeks ago, but this this uh this online critic that's actually I, I really enjoy sometimes is called Nostalgia Critic. And mm-hmm. he, he put out this video where he kind of had this idea that maybe like the, the quote secret to making visual effects work is kind of like a like a 70 30 rule where if it's 70 percent real 30 percent computer, it'll if it, it, it's important to just not be all one thing or all the other thing, because then our eyes, you know, we've seen so much movies at this point, so many movies at right. this point that we've been conditioned like that's a big that's a big old computer or like that's a big yeah. old set. But it's always you know when you like watch the Oscars and they show like the steps, you know, in the in the Oscar freedom you know, the best visual effects, and then you see how they do it and you're like, Wait, that was a computer? Oh my god, I had no idea. There were right. wires in Mad Max, like they and they digitally took them away? That's amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. God, Mad Max was so good. <laughs>
0: <All> <laughs>
1: we, was, we spent like, a whole <laughs> two weeks using Mad Max Fury Road as our crutch to get through Hell Valley, so
2: that, yes, I yeah. uh, heard those episodes. Oh,
0: because <laughs> like, you know, because you, you look and like Michael J. Fox interacting with a physical DeLorean, you know, then right. you can feel it and you can feel like you, the weight is you can just like we know what's real. But then we also can't tell when, you know, when it flies away, you know, it, it still looks real or mm-hmm. feels real to us.
1: Have you heard about this uh, this new thing, though, where they are uh, like. the It's like this – it's this new thing that they've started using and I forget exactly how the technology works. But it's basically that there is a car interior on a set that they film that drives around and then they CG the outside of the car onto it. So the inside has a real actor in it really driving this car but they're in a kit basically and then in post they put the – the uh, exterior of the car on using CGI. Whoa. And it's this new thing that they've been doing in, in movies like constantly that we haven't even known. Like apparently most of the cars in fast and the furious, like five through seven have all been doing this technique. And And the reason is because it is easier to make like safety stuff happen without the exterior of the car and uh because you can just cover it all you know with it Mm -hmm. in post and then it's also like you get to choose the colors like the director has more control over exactly the color scheme of the different cars and yeah it it just yeah it's crazy um but this is like a ongoing thing didn't
2: they do that my brain is going back to like tv shows i've seen where clearly when they're in a car the background is fake
0: Mm -hmm. well um I know in my, I I shot a short film a few years ago that was largely me and the other actor in a car, like on a road trip. Mm -hmm. And the way we did that one and like, and this is is kind of like, oh, movie magic. You don't just, it's not real. Where like we were like behind a still car and (laughs) like the crew was like kind of, you know, pushing it to look like movement. But then we were like surrounded (laughs) by, we were surrounded by green screen and then the filmmakers would go and get B-roll of like Austin streets so that it looked like, you know, like there was continuity and then they just put it over
1: the green screen. And I think that's kind of how they normally do right. it. Right. Yeah, that's definitely that that's been going on for a long time. But this is specifically just the like the I ex- I don't mean like exterior shots. I just mean like the literal exterior of the car, like the, the casing. That's crazy. The car. Yeah. That's is so easy. cool. Yeah.
2: Technology is great.
0: Vin yeah, Diesel's not weird. even a real person. No. Oh, no, he's too perfect.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so Doc is talking about Doc uh November November twelfth, 1955 <laughs> yeah. and is talking about how it could be a temporal junction point or just a coincidence, which I'm pretty sure is just just the the Bob sort of like winking and being like, "Yeah, we know." Like just yeah. no reason. There's no reason for us to be going back to this exact moment. But it's, it's good just, screenwriting. Yeah, yeah. They're just like it's just fun. Let it go. It's whatever. It would be
0: weird if it was another time. Yeah. 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 Although you know where they could have gone that would have been making both the everyone else happy and Nick happy. They could have gone in nineteen sixty seven. And we yeah. could have met, yeah. we met Flower Child
1: Lorraine. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna I get know. to that today, in fact. Um, but, uh, the last thing that I want to mention before I go to the other drafts of the scripts, uh, is the 1885 malfunction, which is obviously foreshadowing something. Yep. Um, though I have to say, I don't know anything about time travel exactly, but I find it interesting that the entire process of time travel Hedges on the fact that the digital readout of your of your time circuits is working properly.
2: Yeah, I yeah. have written down. It would be terrifying for me if the display wasn't working. I'd be like, "We are not leaving until that's fixed."
0: Yeah, if you're if, <laughs> if, you're, if you're if you're if you haven't set the clock on your car, time still exists.
1: Also, it doesn't <laughs> matter. They're time travelers. They can go back. They can go back right this second, or they could go back six months from now. It doesn't matter.
2: So, yeah, I would, yeah, the last thing, though, that I would want to see in a time machine I'm about to jump into is something going wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. N- n- nothing nothing, says safety like Doc hitting the dashboard. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, don't sure. break
2: it, don't break it. Careful. <laughs> n-
1: I don't want to be stuck here. Hey, wait, where's Einstein? Einstein? I would just, uh, he's back at the lab. Oh, right, okay, thank you. I would just, <laughs> I would love if, like, when when Doc does that, like, just bangs on it and uh, changes it. I would just love for Marty to just like turn horrified at Doc and just be like, "Did you just Fonzie the time machine, the DeLorean?" No, I didn't Fonzie the DeLorean. Oh, I Did just, no. you hit it. Don't do that. What fonzying is. Oh man. Um, okay, so so to talk about the other drops of the script, uh Crystal are you aware of these? No. no. Okay, so we've been reading the other drafts of the scripts uh, as we go along. And there there were two drafts before the final draft that we have here. So the one just before this final draft that they filmed was called the Paradox draft and it was a uh it was a it was a combination of parts 1 and 2 in one like 120 page screenplay. Or, or, yeah, uh, parts two and three. Sorry. So it's the so it's everything that happens in part two plus everything that happens in part three in one Jesus. two-hour
2: movie. No, oh, thank yeah. you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one version. And actually, we're going to talk about the Paradox Draft today, and it will be the last time that we talk about the Paradox Draft for probably another month. Um, wow. Because in the Paradox Draft, we've been wondering because we, <laughs> we're on page 54 of the paradox draft at this point. Um, Nothing has really changed in uh, 1985. The whole like Biff confrontation, all of that is pretty much the same, except one detail, which is that Biff says, I got the almanac at the enchantment under the sea dance. So when they go back to 1955, they go back to the enchantment under the sea dance. So we skip over everything between those two moments. And that's, that's about 20 minutes or so that they cut out 20, 30 minutes or so um, that they cut out by doing it that way. Sounds good um, to me. So Yeah. yeah so we're right? beginning, we're beginning to see how the paradox draft worked at all. <laughs> um, because uh, up to this point, they haven't really cut out a whole lot. Uh, so it was, it was really weird when I got to that moment, I was like, Oh, that's how they did it. Okay. Um, so that's what's going on in the paradox draft. Now, the original uh, Back to the Future, which was just called Back to the Future Two, uh, which was the original draft, instead of go- returning to 1955, they went to 1967.
0: Back to Back uh-huh. to the Future Two, Back in the Habit.
1: Right. So, uh, so, so, where we last <laughs> left off uh, in the 67 draft, Marty and Doc are in Doc's uh, garage lab. And they've just find out that Biff must have first gotten the almanac in 1967. And doc is like, okay, but we need to find out exactly how he got that almanac. And Marty says, let's ask him. And so we get Uh doc, we get doc on the phone calling, uh, Biff Tannen (laughs) through, through information. Uh, and then, uh, Trying to figure out, oh my um, God. so he just calls him up and asks him, "Who does yeah, he, he say calls he up, is. He calls him up. So here it is. So, so okay, okay, please, please read this. Okay. The other thing that's interesting is that Biff apparently received a twenty five thousand dollar inheritance on September twentieth, nineteen sixty seven. Oh, did he burn his family alive too. Yeah, which must be. Dot Marty says that must be why he picked that date to go back to. So ah. he's like, "You got an inheritance." And you're gonna get this almanac. I'm like, that's just like the best day ever. I guess I don't know. Right. For a B- bit. I want Biff one Tannen. of those days. Yeah. It's like when
0: uh, you take also uh, Felicity was whatever it was called.
1: Also, uh, uh, important, Harry for, yeah. important for later this week. Uh, on th- this is there's an article in the newspaper that says Cannon inherits twenty five thousand dollars, and then below it another headline <laughs> says Happy <Otis> Birthday. P- <laughs> it says Otis Peabody released from sanitarium. Oh no! Because yeah. of what happened in the first movie, Well, we'll find out later in the week. It's just oh, a wow. It's a More old man later. Peabody. Yeah. So so okay. So so <laughs> Biff picks up the phone. And Doc <laughs> says, "Hello, is this Biff Tannen?" Biff <laughs> says, yeah, this is Biff Tannen. You know, you know something about Marty. Doc says he he knew something about Marty, so that's how he got Biff to. to uh, okay. Okay. Call. So then uh, Doc says, that's right. But first, I'd like to talk to you about a book you have, 50 Years of Sports Statistics, 1965 (laughs) to 2014. Then there's a long silence, and Biff asks how he knows about that book. And then Doc says, because it's my book, you stole it from me in 1967, and I want it back. And then Biff says, I did not steal it. I it. I found it laying on my doorstep with my name on it is this and then doc immediately hangs up the phone and says bingo goldie wilson goldie wilson hangs up
2: wow yeah oh thank god for rewrites oh.
1: i know right so then we're See, back even and that
0: seems really conflict heavy for doc i know
1: i know
2: um, i also so- cannot picture him on the phone
1: <laughs> no that'd be super weird <laughs> hello it's very true
2: hello <laughs> <laughs> hello
1: <laughs> I can't picture most people on the phone in these movies. Usually they avoid phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. Um so so Biff uh is in his, is in uh his casino and he calls up the security um and tells them to 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 trace the call, right? So then uh and this is this is my favorite part. Okay, get ready you guys. Okay. So Marty says, all right, Doc, let's get going. And Doc says, not so fast, Marty. You can't go to the 60s looking like that. And we <gasps> cut to what? Marty stepping out in front of a full length mirror. He's wearing striped bell bottom pants, a tie dye T-shirt and a vest adorned with American flags. His hair is parted in the middle and he wears a headband and John Lennon style wire rim glasses and he has a knapsack what hot first of all marty says well do i look fab (laughs) and then this is my favorite part this is the sad. this is the thing that i'm saddest about them not going to 67 doc says groovy marty not fab you look groovy uh so there this is a continuing gag where doc is constantly correcting marty on his teenager slang of (laughs) 1960s
0: oh that's awesome
1: And it's amazing. So
0: they get a makeover scene. Yeah. So Marty takes Marty shopping. It's everything we've
1: ever talked about. (laughs) Yeah. So Doc. So Doc uh, is like, oh, here's a finishing touch. And he he puts a love, a string of love beads on Marty. Oh, my God. Where did you get these? He says. Marty says, no way, Doc, I'm not wearing love beads, no matter how groovy it is. And Marty takes them off. And then Doc says, wrong, Marty. You say, sorry, man, like the beads trip isn't my thing. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> want, so, I
2: want this to be a thing.
1: <laughs> I know. And then Marty struggles with he repeats it back to him and struggles with it a little bit. Sorry, man, like the beads trip isn't my thing. And Doc says, you've got to blend in, Marty. Be inconspicuous. When in Rome, do as the Romans. And uh, he starts rummaging through his bags for something else. And he says, says, you're not wearing any any of that junk. And Doc is like, yeah, but I'm an adult. So, you know. No one looks at me anymore.
2: Oh, my God. Just negate everything I said.
1: And then Marty says, Marty says, well so what were you doing in 67 and Doc says i was a science professor at hill valley university uh and then he gives him a peace sign necklace and where marty says fine where are, are they a, are they a party city i don't know no. then marty says fine i can deal with this and then doc says no it's far out i can groove on this oh god
2: no <laughs> It's too much, that's too much correcting. I don't like it,
0: but i but I'm just when you when you're when you're describing Marty's outfit, I'm just imagining like post nom lieutenant Dan
1: <laughs> yes. really, really long hair i I just like to imagine that this is all just doc stuff, and he's just given marty his hand me downs This is all my stuff he just saved all of his sixties clothes um I knew you yeah.
0: I, you had to feel like we'd have to go to the sixties someday, so I just got. Kept... <laughs>
1: So Marty's like, Doc, aren't we overdoing this? I mean, it's a simple deal. We go to 67. I grab the book off Biff's doorstep. I don't see anyone. I don't talk to anyone. We come back to 85. Doc says, agreed, but so far, none of my plans have worked according to plan. So this time, I want to plan for the plan to fail. This, in turn, becomes a plan of its own, which, if it fails, could result in the original plan succeeding. And Marty says, science. I love it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, And then there's a fun exchange where Doc says, "Okay, pop quiz. Who's president of the United States in 67? And Marty gets it wrong twice. He says, Kennedy, no, Truman. He's like, it's Lyndon B. Johnson. I knew that. Didn't you you learn anything in school? He's like, yeah, but I never thought I'd have to use any of it. And he goes, do you know who the governor was? And Marty shakes his head. And Doc goes, Ronald Reagan. And Marty goes, the president? And Doc says, the actor. Ah. Yay! <laughs> Which is a fun wow. little fallback from that's, the first movie. That's good. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um man, and then and then Doc says, "And who's the mayor of Hill Valley?" and Marty says, "Hey, like politics isn't my trip, man, so like quit hassling me." And then Doc smiles approvingly and says, "Groovy."
2: Wow. <laughs> so this was a 10-minute pretty- part of the movie that was just learning how to speak 7 errors late 60s.
1: Yeah, fun with fun with the uh, late sixties. I pictured all of that
0: in like an Aaron Sorkin style, like walk and talk. Yeah, just pacing back and forth
1: in the garage. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's so crazy.
1: Oh man! Oh, yeah. I'm like
2: so torn between wanting it to be made right now and being so happy I didn't have to watch that.
1: I just want to go visit the alternate universe where that's the movie that got made. Oh, just because man. I want, I just I want to see it once, just just to have seen it.
0: We would never fetishize the year twenty fifteen.
1: No, yeah. no, they went to twenty fifteen. Oh, uh, that's true. We still would. Yeah, yeah, they did go to twenty fifteen. That was always gonna happen. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's where I'll leave that off for now. Yeah. Well, um,
0: that's all I have for this minute. Are you guys good? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. No. That was me. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to go to our website and fuel this discussion, you can go to duelinggenre dot com. Email us at contact at backtothefutureminute dot com. We are gathering. Our emails like Smaug and Smaug's. and Smaug's. never
2: gonna look at them or spend them
0: yeah we're never gonna we're just gonna just roll around on them um tweet <laughs> us at b t t f minute tumble at us b t t f minute dot com and as always, you can listen to our other podcast, The Doctor's Companion, in which we talk about Doctor Who with Cassandra Fredrickson and uh Geek by Night, which is coming back July thirteenth I believe. Mm-hmm um back better than ever um uh we're so proud of it and uh if you want to help us out you can go to patreon uh duelinggenre.com support help us out we are five dollars away from getting um back to the future no roads edition funded and uh, we also have um shirts uh you can wear uh merch coffee mugs keychains uh
1: actually i don't think they have keychains
0: okay phone cases Um, phone cases yeah that's cool. That's cooler. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't wear any of them because my face is on half of them, but I can wear the Geek by Night one. That's uh, <laughs> probably seems, it just feels weird. Uh, and as always, <laughs> special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, uh, David Jeffries and Leaper182. We couldn't do this without you. You are uh, the gem and the holograms and the misfits of the Dueling Genre <laughs> And the, uh, I'll let you decide which one's which. And uh, we will see you guys tomorrow.
2: 哎拜拜